0: Welcome
1: to Liberty Lockdown. Please count your barcode. code. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? Welcome everybody to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint Russell, your humble host. Today I have on two creators because I get blackpilled sometimes. And I like to talk to people who are actually like creating the alternative platforms and creating the alternative media that we need to see in the world to have a fighting chance in this culture war, which none of us wanted to fight, but we have no fucking choice but to. It's very unfortunate. But I'm thrilled to have these guests on today. We have documentary filmmaker Jason Rink. Welcome in, sir. Hey, good to be here, man. Thanks. And Movies Plus founder, Mr. Corey Tusek. Thank you for coming, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, so I uh, I wanted to have you guys on because, I mean, obviously we, we, we have had some minor... Uh, progress when it comes to uh, deplatforming and censorship when it comes to Elon Musk. Uh, I am yet to be convinced that he's going to take it to the level that we would all like to see, um, but it, it, there has been some progress in that in that regard. Um, but in the in the meantime it's vitally important obviously that we be creating not just the media to compete with the narratives that are wrong and false, uh, but also the platforms that allow us to speak openly and honestly and sometimes get things wrong. God forbid. You know, crazy. Um, so we can start wherever you guys want. You want to hop into the documentary side, or you want to talk about the the platform side, so that people can actually speak truthfully, or or at least as honestly as they possibly can. What do you think, Corey? We, which direction should we go?
0: We could uh, we could let's start with the I'll start with the platform side, just a general part. We can get into it deeper later. But then I can talk mm-hmm. about how Jason and I basically came together um, because we have like a shared vision. Um, yep. for this, you know, freedom of speech, which I never thought in my life would be a controversial topic. Um, no kidding. and, and so, um, yeah, so movies plus we, you know, we launched back in 2020, October of 2020. Uh, the first movie that we launched with was called the plot against the president, uh, uh made by Amanda Milius, um, about the, the Russia gate hoax. And um and you know like I'm not like a Trumper so like but I just was like supporting free speech and like yeah you're gonna get censored everywhere so um so I got behind that and then we you know spent time building up the apps and and uh, you know filling out our catalog and all that kind of stuff and then come to this summer like being in the summer um one of uh one of the people we work with uh Phil Gibson shout out to him he um he goes hey there's this documentary that got canceled from Freedom Fest and I was like what. And you know, like documentary, and he's like, yeah, it was about, um, it was, you know, about Nick Fuentes and everything that he dealt with. And we were like, wow, that's interesting. That libertarian festival. And I was, you know, like in my mind, because we're fighting for free speech now, I'm like, the moment I hear that you're canceled, I don't even care what it is. Like it's like it could be the most progressive left or the most like alt right whatever it is and I'm like sign me up like I I'd email I've emailed people before strictly on the basis that I heard their movie got canceled from a festival (laughs) and so um, I said yeah set it up and then so Jason and I we all meet and we're talking and and uh, we're talking about the movie and he goes by the way um, I have this other one called uh, Q sent me. And he starts talking about it, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Because I mean, it's funny. Like Jason, uh, J- uh, Jason goes, "You know the guy, um, Jake Angeli, Name doesn't ring a bell, but he goes, "You know the guy with the buffalo horns at January 6th? Oh, oh my god, yeah. Um, and uh, and so he starts telling me about it, and I'm like, "Dude, we got to do something here." So we ended up. I mean, we you know are are basically partners now, and we have uh, we have a couple things, and we in my view i i mean i know jason feels the same way we want to just keep working together going forward because jason's on the forefront you know he's out there like in the fight you know i get to sit back behind a computer and work on like the business end but jason's out there like you know uh he's in the jan 6th like he's like where he is or the camera and he's getting the fbi knocking on his door all that stuff so like you know um so it's a good uh, a good partnership and i was just like once you guys see the episode like anyone any of the listeners that haven't checked out q sent me i mean you'll just be blown away at the story of of this kid and and there's so much more to come to it too
1: yeah well i mean movies plus is where you guys can go check it out q sent me it's a multi-part uh series documentary and i i was fortunate enough to have Corey send me the link i'm going to be watching it tonight i'm i'm actually really excited because like it's so rare that you get to see something that is attempting to tell the truth, (laughs) you know, like, especially about that day, it's almost impossible to get anyone that's uh, seeking any semblance of the truth. It's just, it's all narrative spin. And, you know, we've had fucking year of them with this fraudulent ass investigation uh, in the Congress where they don't even allow basically any counter viewpoints whatsoever. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So it's vitally important, you know, and like, even if, even if Jason gets some things wrong in it, which he probably does. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. But, like, we need countervailing theses. We need other opinions. So, Jason, go ahead and tell us a little bit about that. And uh, yeah, uh Nick, went, just so you know, too, I was at Freedom Fest. I was a, a, a speaker there. And I was very excited to see your documentary at that event. And then I found out that, you know, basically, you know, Freedom Fest, not yeah. so very disappointing.
2: Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's it's interesting because the, the reason any of these documentaries came about is because, you know, like I hail from Ron Paul 2008 campaign. That's when I got woke up. I worked on his grassroots campaign in Ohio, um, you know, saw the Tea Party happen there, started this like Liberty organization that was kind of Tea Party with Ron Paul roots in it back in like 2009, 2010. And then, you know, fast forward a while, um, I didn't really do that much documentary, or like political work. Um, I was just building a production company, really. And but then when I saw things happening after the 2020 election, I just saw I thought, man, this seems like an interesting story. It's like anti-establishment Tea Party happening. I didn't know anybody on the right. I didn't know Ali Alexander or any of these people who are running it, but I just connected with them on Twitter um, he agreed to let us come film some stuff and and you know whatever ten weeks later um, in DC on January 6th and um, you know in in that journey um, had met Nick and that's kind of how that short documentary got produced on him that created a bunch of problems but before that the problems got created with that it was this story that really got all of my social media accounts canceled and it's it's really kind of weird and that's why I just pushed harder into this story because we met uh, Jacob Chansley, Jake Angeli, the Buffalo shaman guy. We met him along the way during um, the protests uh, before Jan 6, and we had interviewed him in December. And then once he started showing up online on Jan 6, we had his cell phone number, and we're like, we're (laughs) getting a sit-down with this guy, you know? And so he's like, yeah, I'll come interview with you. And so he interviewed with us for over an hour. He went on his way to Arizona. We didn't know what was going to happen to him, but we were like, this literally could be the only sit down unfiltered interview with, with the Q shaman, anybody gets, you know, and it turned out it was kind of that way. And so we hurried up and we went and interviewed his lawyer, his family. We harvested as much footage off of the internet in a week after Jan six, because we knew stuff was going to get taken down. And we put up a trailer on January 12th, 2021. And, like, within hours, I was suspended permanently from Twitter, Facebook. Uh, eventually, a uh, YouTube channel got taken down. Eventually, my Vimeo account got taken down. It was just a domino effect. And it was, like, it was really just kind of a comical trailer. I mean, it wasn't comical, but it, but the, the Q Shaman at that point was a kind of a comical figure. It's like, how did right. this guy get in the Senate, right? He was instantly a meme. And lo- losing all, all of my social media access... I felt like, man, this wasn't, this wasn't saying anything about Trump being like legitimate. This wasn't saying anything about the Q shaman's a hero. It wasn't like QAnon's right. In fact, the opposite maybe. And yet it seemed like his story was like toxic or dangerous or whatever. And so once that happened, we said, well, we just got to make this film now. So we spent another couple months, shopped it to the big platforms You know, one of them said they were offended. We would pitch a story on the Osama bin Laden of January 6th. And it's like, we knew at that point, like this story, even though it was like the tiger king of politics, it was like, we didn't know if we were going to find a a home for it or if the world was ever going to see it. So we've been working on it for, you know, 18 months, basically finally uh, found movies plus and said, you know, this is the right place for us to partner with somebody who's serious about free speech. Get the story out there. So, yeah, we just launched the first episode and we've got two more coming in the series uh, through, through December and January. I love and, I,
0: and I specify that we're not spreading the two episodes out so that, like, oh, we're maximizing the window. Like, Jason is working. Jason and Paul Eskendon are working as hard as possible to crank this out. They were editing episode one until like seven hours before it premiered.
1: Whoa. So, so they need the time. Well, yeah, and- they are working hard. A quick comment on the Osama bin Laden uh, oh, comparison. Yeah. How many fucking documentaries have been done on Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda? I mean, come on, man. And yeah. It, Jeffrey it, Dahmer it, was like,
2: you know. Hitler documentaries
1: <laughs> everywhere, you know. Like, are they yeah, going to ban Hitler documentaries?
0: The, the History Channel would be screwed.
2: To that point, I actually want to say something. The funny thing is, is is some of the other pushback we got was that they didn't want him to be sympathetic So they were like, he's got to be portrayed as Osama bin Laden, mastermind of Jan 6, even if that's not true. And we're like, the real story is that he's been mischaracterized. He's totally different than people think. A lot of, you know, a lot of the stories that came out about him. And, um, you know, so it's interesting and, and it, and we think it's a very interesting story, but we're going to use the rest of the episodes. You know, Jake is sort of our protagonist to, to see the story unfold with him, but he's a representative of sort of how January 6th has been weaponized, um, you know, how the Department of Justice, I, I mean, Clint, you know this, they, they've they been trying to use events for the last 30, 40 years to, you know, d- demonize and make the right specifically out to be, you know, domestic terrorists, you know, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, all these different things. They've always used these events to try to do that. And so January 6th seems like one of them that's, Really, they they're going all in on it, and we just know we have a counter narrative here that we think would be useful and entertaining for people to watch.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, even if, like, when since when do we have to agree with everything we watch? It's so strange to me, you know. Like, like I don't agree because the media is controlled by you know people that are pro war and pro government and everything. I, I don't agree with basically anything I watch. It's all painful to me, you know. Mm. But I'm not. I've never once said like ban all of this, protect me from the indoctrination of the state. It's like, no, 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 I see through it. And I expect other people to be able to do the same. So like, I just wish that there was a, you know, even 30 years ago, it still felt as if there was, there was a a willingness to hear opposing viewpoints. Like even Al Qaeda, I was like, Ron Paul, I know it was very unpopular when he did it, but he said, it's important. It's important that we listen to the people that are attacking us to understand why they're doing it. Like, if you don't understand your enemy, like, even if they perceive the Q Shaman as their enemy or the January Sixers as their enemy, why don't you want to understand them? Why? Why would you not want to understand how they got to this point? How they got to be so radicalized that they... Through an insurrection, as you frame it, you know? Yeah, you know, I think, like, that would, to me,
0: the, this episode in this documentary actually should be serving them, like, doing something good for them. Right. To, like, give them more information as to, like, how, like you said, how did this happen? You dive into the mind. So, you know, then my conspiracy bells go off because I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But then I start to sit there and I go like, well, wait a minute, why don't you want, you know, like like my initial thought was like, why don't you want this to come out? Like, is he a fed? What's going on here? You know, all that oh, kind of right, stuff. right, right, like, right, right. You know, it's like, what, yeah. what, what, what's the deal? But, uh, you know, Jason covers that pretty well.
2: I, I did want to say, you know, one of the things I love about Movies Plus is like, you know, they would have the documentary from the other side that's like, uh, exactly. Jake said, or whatever, and they would put it up because it's like let the people decide, right? But the other thing that you, you mentioned, uh, Clint, is like one of the reasons I, I liked this project about Nick, even though I'm not like a hardcore America First guy, right. um, you know, I thought, man, wouldn't it be interesting for people to see what's going on in the mind of somebody who's a significant political figure in the movement behind him? And know what's happening over there, and you know he he was put on a no-fly list. The federal government took a bunch of money from him. Massive violation of rights. And but I'm like, wouldn't it be interesting to know that they think God's on their side, that He's willing to die for the movement, that He's got a really loyal followers of like under twenty five men, like just to know what's happening over there. But it's like no, it's got to be totally erased from access, and that it's just it's not useful. Like if you want to either. You know, know how to uh, debate the other side on something, or if you want to join together with them in some strategic way, like whatever it is, it's better to have the ideas out there and then be able to engage in them. It's my opinion. Right.
1: Or, or if you want to defeat them, like you need to yeah. understand them. You would think, but I, I think what it really shows is the fragility of the narrative. You know, it's like the fact that if you just hear the opposing viewpoint, it might shatter everything else that's going on right now. And you know, like you were saying, I, I'm not a I'm not the biggest fan of Nick Fuentes. Far from it, actually. Um, I, I would consider myself much more of a fan of Alex Jones. If we're going to be talking about people that have been unpersoned and deplatformed from everywhere, but I have spoken out on behalf on behalf of Nick. I've spoken on, out on behalf of uh, what's his name, Andrew Tate. Like all of these guys that have been completely unpersoned as of late. Like, I don't understand how people, especially from the libertarian sphere, don't understand this is coming for all of us. Like, we are all variants of these people. Like, we're sure we're not as extreme or sure we're not as well known or whatever. But, like, if you think it's if you think that we don't stop this and it doesn't come for us eventually, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, they're absolutely going to come for all of us. And I mean, this is why Corey is creating a platform where we can actually continue to produce content that will be seen by millions of people without uh, having to fear censorship. Corey, what, what was the, uh, the, the process in um, obviously you already explained how you partnered up with Jason, but what, what do you think is going to happen moving forward? Like what's the, the bigger picture plan for it? Well,
0: you know, it kind of like what Jason said, how we'd put the opposite up. I thought it was really funny when we put the Nick Fuentes doc up, it was sandwiched between Uh, On the one side, it was a uh, a movie called Church and State that's about the gay rights marriage uh, vote uh, uh, fight in Utah against Mm -hmm. the Mormon church and very much taking the side of the gay rights movement. And then on the other side, it was modern day slavery about the over-incarceration rate of African-Americans in America. So it's like – I was like, I don't know what you're talking – like people were coming and attacking us. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have an opinion. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just giving them all, you know, so like we're just offering the platform. But um, I've been saying to to people on the left specifically because, I mean, I talk to people from all over. So, but it's just the right is getting censored at the moment. And I've said, I'm like, look, the moment that that censorship rears its ugly head, it's going to come after you. They're using you as a political stooge right now to try and get their way and sway public opinion. But they don't like you. Like the people that are trying to silence voices, do not like the radical left. They hate you. They yeah. want to silence you too. And as soon as it's no, you're no longer politically advent, uh, no, no longer a political ally or something, that asset that can move them forward, their initiative forward. They're going to turn around. They're going to take you out. And when that happens, movies plus will be here for you too. Right. And then I'll probably get attacked by the right at that point.
1: Well, I mean, perfect example is Antifa, who's like. If they if Antifa were truly an anti-state organization, as opposed to yeah. doing the bidding of the state to a large extent, they would be treated as the you know January Sixers were. Um, they would be unpersoned and persecuted to the end of the earth. And obviously, some of them have spent time in prison and some of them have had charges brought for the rioting and things like that. But compared to the January Sixers, not even fucking close because the January Sixers actually went to the source of their concerns, which was the government and said, Hey. We don't like the trajectory of things. We would like you to you know, address our grievances. Very uh, American mantra, I might add. Something that historically none of us considered to be problematic. Um, now, obviously, there was some violence, and I'm not, I'm not advocating on behalf of it. I'm just saying, like, I appreciate when people stand up for their, their rights. And, you know, whether you believe that there was any sort of shenanigans in the elections is really secondary. Like, these people believe it deeply. Do you care about that? Do you want to live in a country where you have half of the people feeling disenfranchised to the point that they're willing to riot? Do you want that? Because the answer to me is clearly no. It, that is a very perilous existence and it's going to ultimately you know, fissure civilization if we don't address it. And I, I strongly believe that the suppression of these people in terms of you know, platforming and everything else or banking, I mean, it's so extreme now, it's basically social credit score, um, ultimately will just make it fester you know, it'll, it'll absolutely blow it up to a point that it becomes out of control and then you end up with some real violence. Anyways, Jason hoppin wherever you think. I,
2: you know, I just wanted to say, you know, just sort of adding to that, but, you know, so we, I was out there shooting documentary on a topic that interests me, learning along the way. I've come to some conclusions and beliefs as I've, as I've been doing it, of course. But since this happened, you know, not only have I been de- deplatformed, not, not only have I, you know, um, had issues with the January 6th committee. So January 6th committee reached out to me. They wanted me to surrender the footage. Then eventually the FBI and DOJ reached out to me and threatened that they were going to subpoena me. And what's really interesting around that is that they actually cited an article in the guardian that was written about our film on the election protests. And that, that, that article from The Guardian had information leaked from the Jan 6 committee from my lawyer in the article. And so literally what's going on out here is I'm like trying to make a movie. They're trying to get footage to help prosecute people and the J6 stuff and all of the other thing. And you've got the Jan 6 committee leaking information to The Guardian, then the DOJ pointing to the article in The Guardian as a pretext in order to come subpoena my footage. And so Like, it's really pretty bizarre. And then me and Paul Eskendon, my uh, filmmaking partner, both of us received letters from the IRS within 30 days of each other, never having been audited once in our lives. Okay? And so I look at this larger thing, you know, and again, I've got some conspiracy vibes going on. But, like, when you add it all up, it's like this is designed to try to get people like me from – keep doing what I'm doing. And, and, you know, if I wasn't in business for my own myself, if I didn't have some resources, if I di- didn't have the ability to continue going down this road, I would have had to give it up a long time ago because I would be unemployable. You know, um, they're trying to come after me for hundreds of thousands of dollars They're threatening to, you know, pull me into legal action. And I'm like, you know, So that's the other thing that's a problem here. It's just like, I don't want any journalist or filmmaker on the left or the right to be coming under that kind of scrutiny, which is just going to shut people down. It's going to chill you know, journalism. People are just not going to do it. And, and then if you don't have a platform to go out on on social media or a place to be able to show the film, then what's the point of doing it anyway? Because you're just going to lose money on the whole thing.
1: So right. it, it's
2: really been a series of escalations over the last 18 months. And it's really just made me like kind of more passionate about moving forward is, is the real truth of the matter.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's very similar to my experience. It's like if I wasn't an independently wealthy entrepreneur that had my life thrown into disarray because of the lockdowns, I wouldn't have done this. You know, I I certainly would have shut up because I know that these opinions are enough to make me completely unemployable. Like I, I, (laughs) <laughs> the odds of me being able to go out and get a, a job with a Fortune 500 company, even though I'm more than qualified to do so, are virtually nil at this point. Yeah. Because I, I have spoken out of, you know, against a litany of things that are just simply not allowed to be discussed. Um, and that's intentional. It's so clearly intentional that they don't want people like us that have these opinions to have the courage to go and propagate them, to go and discuss them openly. Like even the, Even though my opinion's... Uh, they vary they're they're evolving constantly I'm not some like hard ideologue that can't hear counter countering viewpoints and change my mind at times but it's so important that we have more people that are willing to do this and they're trying to put the barrier to entry and the cost for doing so so extraordinarily high that independent film uh, you know makers like yourself or documentary filmmakers or people that are producing uh, you know TV series or movies or you YouTube channels or anything, they just want you to not feel as if this is a path you should take, that it will ultimately be so cost prohibitive that it would be ill-advised. And uh, I think that that amounts to a dystopic hellhole very quickly. Yeah. I mean, Just just think about what I just said, like we're talking about America guys, we're yeah. talking about yeah. America, like the land of the free. This is so, it's so crazy to me that we have gotten this far off the the trail so rapidly and i know a lot of people will say oh we've been off the trail since 1913 we've been off the trail since 1860 whatever it's like okay look yes you're right but it has gotten really bad really rapidly over the past three years in particular and i i just nerve-wracking anyways Corey, what do you think uh yeah i
0: agree i mean because whenever this all uh, like i think I, i think we all had illusions of what was real like what what kind of freedoms are real and what weren't but like we were all like i don't never get that bad you know like i mean before you know before 2020 like you know and like everything that happened you know since then good bad and ugly it's just like we all had like we would all sit there and go like oh haha like yeah like i talked about diapers for the first time ever and like then all of a sudden i started getting ads for them and like isn't that crazy (laughs) and like you know we were like "Uh uh-huh big brother that's so funny and now it's like oh shit like wait a minute hold on like you go back you find that citizen citizen four documentary about like snowden and you're like watching it like oh my god oh my god oh my god like they have this all, all this information like and this is coming crashing down um so it to me and like i think it's no coincidence that it's happening at the same time that there is a massive financial collapse happening a monetary uh, situation where the world cur- res- world reserve currency will be collapsing and absolutely hyperinflating, and so they're trying to get out ahead of it because hyperinflation leads to some pretty crazy things. Um, so that's like me, like as a filmmaker, I'm sitting they're looking at like what's the villains' like mindset, you know, like that's their motive, you know, they're trying to get ahead of it, but they have nefarious, you know, purposes behind what they do. But it, it's just it's it's saddening for me because like I like I said, we're not like one specific platform for any, you know, we, we support free speech and everything, but we support all filmmakers. But like Jason's like one of the only filmmakers that I've found Jason and Paul that, that are willing to do this stuff, you know, because like, I'll be honest with you, like watching the footage and hearing the stories, I'm like, oh my God, like good luck getting other filmmakers to do this, you know, like they're not going to want to stick their necks out. And, and the, the same thing with it being employable and not like, I was like, well, it's movies plus for me or bust at this point, because like, you know, beforehand, like before I stuck my neck out and put my name to the company and all that, I was selling movies in the background. I was happy to sell movies to the big platforms. Nobody knew my name. I flew yeah. around the world, had a great time, made a living, no big deal. And, um, but then like, I made a conscious decision to like, you know, stand for free speech, no matter what voice it was. And, um, and now, you know, it's like, I had that backup plan where it was like, oh, if things ever go sideways with my company, I could get a job at Netflix in no, no time, you know, because they'd be like, yeah, this dude's got like eight years of distribution and sales experience. Of course, he's going to be perfect. fit Now, like,
1: oh my God, like there's no chance. Right. It's my fault. He's got all these contacts. He's got this full Rolodex that would be tremendously valuable to us. Uh, no, in fact, in fact, <laughs> no.
0: Burn, he had a platform. Burn, yeah, burn him to the ground. He burn his resume immediately.
1: It.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's like you know, Clint. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, you've been talking about this since you've had your podcast or whatever. But it's interesting, and you brought this up, Corey. It's like it's like it is people's need for resources and the basics of life that will get them to accept the the curtail of liberties, surrender their power to the government. And it's like, we are really seeing a convergence of like, all of the implications of the lockdowns, like supply chain, like people, you know, um, the, the money system, like employability, like all of these things come together. And now it's not now that we've seen what happened in 2020, you know, and for me, I was shocked at how fast people just were like, okay, I guess we're listening to the government. I shouldn't have been, I was naive. But now that we've been through that, we know how quickly people are going to surrender. And most people just don't have the wherewithal. Like most people have like $400 of liquid capital in their bank account. It's like most people, no matter how principled they are, they're not going to be able to resist it. They're going to go along. And those of us who don't are going to find ourselves on the other side of the equation, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's why it's so important that those that do have the resources, even if it's perilous, even if it's extraordinarily dangerous and uh, and cost prohibitive, and it's not—it's cost me a lot. You know, I was making a huge living as an entrepreneur, as a private mortgage broker, and I closed up shop to make you know a fourth of what I once did to become a podcaster. I mean, that's now. You know, when I for the first two years I was making nothing. Uh, so like there's not there's not a lot of money to be made at least in the short term doing what we're doing it's like it's it's just a, a labor of love it's it's pursuing your principles and your passion with kind of reckless abandon but i think there's something beautiful about that that really that is kind of the the fundamental core of the entrepreneurial spirit is like against all odds i shall prevail i shall i shall proceed i shall move forward and and this is why i wanted to have you know people like you on because i think you guys are are what we need in the world and you know i'm not trying to encourage my audience to do what we're all doing. Like, I, if you have a family and you're, you're you're right on the line of poverty and you can barely put food in their mouth, like, look, I get it. I'm not I'm not trying to make you feel bad by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but for those that have, you know, prepared for a rainy day, motherfuckers, it's pouring, all right? Yeah, It's pouring. And we need umbrellas, and you can be that. So, like, could you help a little bit? Um, and I just think, like, the more people that are willing to do what we're doing, the, the better our odds become. That we might actually turn this thing around, and if we don't turn this thing around, it's going to be basically unlivable in the land of the free. It's going to be unlivable for people that value freedom. Um, that's that's a that's a fate I cannot abide. You know, I'll, I'll leave the country. I have Mikkel Thorup on, uh, Expat Money Show uh, later today, and it's like, man, I don't want to. I don't want to give up on this country. Like it was like the principles that that were the foundation of it, setting the slavery aside. Okay. I hear you. Um, it's, it's such, it was so hard fought. It was like all of human history basically led up to this, this idea, this idea of like valuing the individual over the collective and some inalienable rights that the government cannot touch. Like these are really novel concepts. And, and I just, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that we're, it feels as if we're extraordinarily close to losing it and not just in America, but like globally. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, Sorry. I'm just crying seen... on your guys' shoulders. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, That's what we're here
2: for, man. Yeah, we gotta
0: commiserate. I mean, I, I've said this before, like so many times to people. I'm like, I. the more I think about it, the more I realize that July 4th, 1776, was never supposed to happen. Like, oh, yeah. in, in the course of human history, that was something that, like, the powers that be had this all under control because actual freedom was never tried until that moment so like it's given me a whole new like newfound respect for like what the founding fathers did because i'm like before when i was a kid you know like oh yeah they signed the paper and said we want to become the best country in the world like obviously why wouldn't you want to become america but like then you look back on it and you're like no they were all like they really basically did what like jason did and stuff where it's like this is it like this is what i'm doing you know this is it or nothing and yep. liberty and, or death Yeah. And freedom had never been tried. You know, there was always some form of tyranny around the world. And all of a sudden they were like, let's try this. And you know, what happened? You gave people freedom and all of a sudden it flourished into the, you know, most vibrant country and most powerful country in the world and people flocked to it and loved it. And people were leaving Europe in droves because they were like, Hey, America's pretty awesome. Let's go over there. So to see that start to, you know, like become on kilter and, and, in danger of losing that is really heartbreaking. Um, and, you know, I think the powers that be have underestimated, like, the will of the American people. Cause I, I, I say all of us are, for the most part, other than Native Americans, are descendants of people that uprooted their lives and moved to America for a better life. So, like, it's in our blood to be in pursuit of a better life, everyone that lives here. And I think they underestimated how that was going to work out for them because I think we're starting to see it turn the other way around. Um, We just have to be careful how violently it swings back the other way. At
2: the end of the day, um, you know, we're just talking about the need to continue to push forward the fact that, you know, Liberty's, you know, hanging by a thread. And the interesting thing about it is those of us who were around when in Ron Paul 2008, 2012, you know, um, like all of the stuff that we're seeing, you know, we were like hip to that, you know, it's like the architecture was put in place many, many years ago. And now it's like, it's like a big bear trap, right? Or whatever it is. And it's like, everything's been put into place to now like go, boom, we're just going to arrest, detain as many people as we want. We've got all of the legal framework for it. We've got all the precedent now. And- That's the other reason why, you know, some people look at Jake and he's a joke, right? The the Q shaman, they're like that guy is whacked out and whatever. And it's like, look, guys, the media made a the media and the government made a narrative about a guy who prayed and chanted in the Senate because that actually is what happened. You know, didn't damage anything, didn't hurt anybody, and he's serving. Told told everybody
1: Mm -hmm. else to be peaceful too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, went around. Donald Trump said everybody should go home, guys. You know, and it's like, and it's like, does he have unconventional beliefs? Yes. So do I. Um, should he have gone inside? Well, probably not. But you know, but he certainly in, in hindsight
1: not- certainly not. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> and it's like, but forty-one months in prison, you know, uh, for interrupting Congress, and many, many other people they're receiving these kinds of sentences. And it's like, it doesn't take a genius to be like, oh, wow, now there's precedent. Like <laughs> There's like actual legal precedent to take you or I for a multitude of things that we've probably done at some point in our life when it came to free speech or protesting the government, that it's it's not hard to see how that gets turned around. And then for people on the left, it's like, you know, it boggles the mind where it's like, okay, so Trump was literally Hitler, right? He might be president again in 2024. And actually, he might be madder in 2024 when he's president. And you really want him to have the power to do everything that this administration has done to his supporters? It's like, it boggles the mind. That's you know, the
0: thing I can't get over. I just keep sitting there telling people on the left, I'm like, look, you said Trump was Hitler. And now you, if he gets in, he's going to have these ability to come after you seize your bank account and put you in prison like do you want that like because well, and, obviously and just, they've just been yesterday
1: it. just yesterday Joe Biden came out and said we have to ban AR15s <laughs> you know, we have to oh. ban assault rifles it's like so you want to be disarmed against the government that by one election could have orange hitler back in power yeah. are you sure you sure about that yeah I
0: yeah i mean i i would I would like to think I've heard from a few people on the left that said whenever Trump got elected that they took the Second Amendment much more seriously. Yeah, they were yeah. like, oh. Huh, you know, and like don't you? I mean, there's Trumpers that are gonna be mad about this, but I'm like. The, he can fly off the handle a little bit, you know, like he's been known to say things he's like not the most
2: predictable guy in the world. Right? No,
0: he's, you know, he's hard to like pin down on exactly yeah. what's going to happen.
2: He's talking about the death penalty for drug dealers. Okay. So, I mean, <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, not everything's real well thought through with that guy, but that, but that's the thing, you know, Clint is it's like, it's like doing everything we can to what to try to wake people up, but you know, we're not going to wake up the mass majority of the population. I don't think it's ever going to, be possible there's a huge market for big government many people really want it they want to surrender the responsibility for temporary security you know it makes sense for a lot of people we are definitely trying to get to the remnant the the number of people that we can identify as part of a community of people who love liberty who don't want to hurt other people who want to be able to keep the fruits of their labors and you know who want to be left alone and we want to try to figure out is there a political solution for us to live in peace, whether that's national divorce, whether that's buying ourselves time at the federal government, whether it's doing things on a local level, whether it's just trying to figure out how to escape the financial system for more autonomy, you know, and it's really, it's all. Um, but I think what a lot of us have realized over the last couple of years is, there is a lot we can do in our own lives to be free on a daily basis when it has to do with our work, our money, our geography, our relationships, our community and it's like get that in order. Figure out your own stuff and the the stuff at the at the government level with the corrupt politicians is important, not saying it's not, but too many people i know who love liberty and freedom don't have or or aren't committed to really getting their house in order so that they can experience the, you know, they can stack the odds in their favor. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I I, mean,
0: sorry. I was just going to say that's, that's kind of like what happened with me and my wife at the, like at the beginning of the pandemic where we just sat down and we were like, like right when they said two weeks to slow the spread, I said, worst case scenario, I said, best case scenario. They actually mean it. Worst case scenario, everything I've been telling you is true. And this is never going away. (laughs) And, um, and it I've never wanted to be wrong so much in my life, but I've just been like right over and over again, and like so she's you know she knows how much I love to be right, so she's just sitting there like, God man, for like three years now he's just been nothing but right, but um uh except for other things you know that you know have to do with like did I take the garbage out but outside of that, <laughs> um what I was gonna say was like we sat down and we were like, what are we gonna do because like you know, you can wake people up, but like Jason said, I love the message of like taking care of your own home. Like, you know, not just your house, but I mean, like, you know, your base getting your base set because we sat down once it got to like week three of the lockdowns, we're like, okay, here's the deal. We don't want our kids growing up in a lockdown world. So what are the steps we take to get out of that situation? And and really like
1: whatever is necessary.
0: Exactly. And and then like, we're like, if there's simple things you can do just around your house in a general life sense to like, not be in this prison or whatever. So like, you know, we're like, there's people that are like, you know, huge libertarians that are like, you know, we're, like taxation is theft. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess so. But like, what are you going to do? Like you have to pay them. You know what I mean? Like, did I want to No, but like, you know, it just, it's part of it. You know, it, it, like I just bought something at the store, had taxes on it. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, there's nothing you can do, but you can, if you center yourself on your own life and then you can just be really happy. And, and that message can, I think spread. Cause that's how you can affect change on a larger scale is if you start to show by example, how you're living, how you're happy in, in your own life and you're happy with yourself, then other people see that and they'll start emulating that, and that's how change spreads. And and you know you know people can then start being happy with who they are as a human being, which like is so what's wrong with our world right now is like, everybody wants something to be fixed. Everybody wants to change how they feel, you know, like, you know, I don't feel like this. I feel like that. So I need something to justify that. I feel why I feel this way. And it's like, I hate to break it to you, but those are feelings. Feelings are fleeting. They come and go, you know, people that have been married, you know, for a long time should know this, but like one of the best lessons I ever learned was like, they said, love is not a feeling. Love is a decision when it comes to marriage. Like there's a loving feeling, but like they were like, you're not going to feel that way your entire marriage. Just want to hate to break it to you. You know, and it's like... That, so that's how, like, everybody just feels like they want to act on their feelings. I feel like this hurt me. I feel this way. I want everybody to accommodate my feelings. When it's like, right. we're talking about feelings.
1: Feelings. Yeah. Well, that, that's the whole pronoun push right now. It's like, like people are like, this is a, a mortal sin. This is, you know, violence, in fact, that you're not privy of how I want to be referred to. It's like, it's like look... Y- it's if you're going to externalize your your own sense of being like you're fucked like (laughs) you're you're never you're never going to be content with that like if you're just going to expect every stranger that encounters you throughout your life to reaffirm who you are as a person well there's a there's a deep void within you that is like that no no pronoun is going to fill folks i'm sorry (laughs) it's like and, and and it it breaks my heart. You know, I, I I, honestly, it does. It breaks my heart that, that so many people are so lost that so many people, instead of seeking holistic approaches to try and weather the COVID hysteria are like, put whatever you have to in my body. In fact, I'll allow you to mask up my child for no apparent reason for multiple years, breaking their brains and their speech and everything else. Um, You know, give me whatever pill necessary. Give me whatever injection necessary. I'll do whatever it takes. Just, just, you know, Let's get. I want to go back to my normal. I want to go back to normal. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that they'll do whatever it takes. Well, they, it just... they weren't lying when they said normal was never coming back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. like, I mean, wow. and like the whole pronoun thing. It's funny to me. I'm like, how they wanted to like make it violent and like a, a, a an offense if you called somebody by the wrong pronoun. Like, do you know, how many like butch big shouldered women I've called dude before by accident and <laughs> <Right. are> like, <laughs> like, excuse me, sir. Who? Oh, oh, like you know,
2: like, <laughs> prison. My Prison yeah. immediately, Prison. exactly. Prison. Yeah.
0: Apparently, they've never gone to a Home Depot before. You know. Like.
2: <laughs> well, and that's the thing that I think has become clear a little bit is is you know I'm not you know I I, I was Gary Johnson in 2016. I voted for Trump in 2020 only because I was like maybe this will buy some time. You know, the right, no matter no matter how bad the right is, they don't currently have academia, big tech, woke corporate. Hollywood, right. mainstream press to shape culture as quickly and as impactfully as the left. So it was a strategic move, you know, that's it. And and still I I, I don't see the right as the solution to any of our problems. I I don't see um, them as necessarily the same wings of the same bird of prey or, or two wings no. of the same bird of prey. No, I don't either. I see it now as like right now one side wants to put me in prison and kill me, and the other one. Doesn't want to do that yet, and uh, you know, and they don't have the ability to convince a mass number of people to get on their side yet, and so it is about buying time, man. It is about trying to figure out what are the other solutions, and you know, but the first film I made was in 2010 with Tom Woods, a film called Nullification with Michael Bolden um, about. Nullification and secession, and uh, we didn't even really say secession, you know, because it was such a bad word, but it's great right. every once in a while. We see national divorce trending online. I think Michael Malice might have popularized that one, but you know, I think people on the right and the left are starting to say, Can we share a government? And is there a peaceful solution? I think we're a long ways from it. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but. I, the more people on the left are buying guns because they're afraid of Trump. And the more that they're thinking about what would it look like for California to be its own country and Florida to be its own country. Like I support that thinking. Uh, I, I want that to be engaged in. And, and, uh, you know, what we know is when you can't talk about that online, that means we're definitely on to something. So. Yeah,
1: no, you're right. And I, I really do think that people underestimate how dramatically things can change i mean if you like if you were to talk to someone in 1985 about the ussr it'd be like oh this is (laughs) they're not going anywhere anytime soon and it was like boom they basically dissolved and became a, a bunch of different countries and um i honestly think that's our future you know and it's just a matter of like does it come about peacefully or does it come about violently and obviously my preference would be that it be peaceful and i think that if we speak about it openly and honestly and just say look you guys have your entire own worldview that is so different from ours. I would say detached from reality. You're going to say I'm detached from reality. That's fine. I don't care. Like you think I'm crazy. I think you're crazy. Let's go our separate ways. This what this marriage isn't working, folks. Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll even pl- I'll pay you some alimony. Just let me fucking go. All right. right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I do think that's coming though. Like, I I really do. I think that that in in my lifetime, I think that the United States will, I mean, it'll probably still exist in some form or fashion, but I think it'll, it'll have broken up into a handful of different pieces. And, um, you know, it's just like, do we end up in world war three before then? Do we end up in a nuclear Holocaust before then? Do we have uh, a a complete global economic collapse and starvation because of ESG and, and the push to get off of oil and gas and things like that? It's like, these are all choices that we have. And I'm going to try and put my finger as small as it may be in terms of weight on the scale and say, look, we don't have to go the worst possible route with this thing. Like we can we can agree to do it peacefully. We can agree to do it amicably to some extent and and hopefully avoid the worst possible outcome. Sorry, Corey, yeah. you were going to say?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say the globalist powers that be want this to remain one nation until they can absorb it into the sort of- Into <laughs> you know, right. one global nation. Yeah. Right, exactly. Because it becomes much more difficult when it's like, oh shit. Now the US has broken up into five different countries. Now we gotta, you know, it's like they wanna they wanna maintain it like this. They wanna destroy the economy, get us to like be sucked up into the whatever World Economic Forum, United Nations, BS, whatever it is. And and so I, I do think there's a there is a timeline involved in us trying to, to put the brakes on that. Go ahead, Corey. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, no. I was gonna say I think um, you know, I, I back in like probably around two thousand eight, you know, I was still in college, but like I was starting to, you know, pay attention to those things. And I remember somebody saying something to me that like just shook me because they were like, you know, the Confederacy was, was right. And I thought they were being like some like, you know, like bigot or whatever. But they weren't, like, that type of person. So I was, like, so thrown off. This is in college, by the way. So, like, they right. could express their thoughts in 2008. And that person and, was Tom Woods. Yeah. <laughs> and I probably. Which is funny because actually in, like, an hour I'll be going on his show. So <laughs> there you go. I'll bring it up to him. But, like, maybe I met him back then. But, uh, like, I remember looking at, like, what do you mean? You know, slavery was, like, abhorrent. Like, that was terrible. And they were, like, no, it's about states' rights. You know, the, obviously slavery was the central thing and we needed to get rid of it. But, like, you know, the the federal government was men- never meant to have this power and so you know i mean it's like, obviously we're glad that like the civil war and went, went the way that it did and took care of slavery and and uh and got rid of it but like you know by the way not to mention that there's still slavery around the world that we don't talk about and we all you know use our phones that were made with it and whatnot but yeah. um you know we just turned the other way but like but this this whole idea like i remember from then on i started thinking like you know what like Every country, every state should be its own country. Like, and that's how we should view this. And so, but like you talked about that and people were like, you're crazy. And then all of a sudden AOC goes, I think it's time that we divorced and California just becomes its own country. And I'm like, yes, yes. I like that idea. (laughs) Like, listen to AOC. She's on to something. And frankly, I think if the left, I think the best outcome, the best way to get there is the left taking the lead on that because then it will be i think more peaceful like if it if, if the it's right, their idea yeah if it's their yeah. idea and they take the lead it'll be more peaceful cuz like if you get a bunch of like red states so pissed off that they decide to like break up that's not going
1: to be very peaceful yeah well i mean my concern is that the the federal government level of the left has as we've already detailed out you know, they've laid all of the framework for what would amount to a you know, totalitarian suppression of right-leaning dissidents. And my, my deepest concern is that before the dollar dies, while they still have purchasing power, while they can still pay their troops, they decide to go that route. And, and because that, that clock is ticking quite loudly on, on how long the dollar will maintain its purchasing power, I am concerned that they are gearing up to take that path. And uh, I think that, you know, voices like yours and mine and Tom and Dave and Malice and everybody else is like, this is why we have to speak while we can. You know, I, I honestly think that there is a potential that in the not too distant future, it becomes almost impossible to do so. And, uh, and right now, I have such an extraordinary reach. And my reach is very small compared to these other guys I'm talking about. But, you know, I had a, a Twitter thread I talked about on my show last night that, had over 3 million impressions that I, I drafted while I was watching TV in 20 minutes, you know, and and 3 million impressions in, in 48 hours is like, that's fucking crazy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just some random dude, you know, and I'm able to, to reach that many people. And I think that my Twitter account probably gets 30 to 40 million impressions per month. And and my show, you know, I do over a million downloads per year now. And it's like, these are all just it's just unbelievable the power that we have because of the viral nature of social media if we cannot be completely deplatformed. And uh, I it gives me reason for hope. I mean, it, it also is the reason that the state is cracking down so aggressively is because they realize that like, this is not tenable to them. Like they, They're like, hey, no, we cannot have these random people that believe in the Constitution talking to millions of people at a clip or Dave Smith on Joe Rogan talking to 12 million people over a three hour period where he's just espousing all of this, bu- these beautiful ideals about Liberty. It's like, they don't, they don't want this stuff. They don't, they do not want it because it is a threat. Like we are ide- ideological opponents and it's such a, uh, you know, existential threat to their existence that they're going to do whatever, whatever they can, whatever yeah. we allow for essentially. Sorry. Go, go ahead, Jason.
2: Oh no, no. I just, I love what you said. And, and it, it also, it sort of exposes the arbitrary nature of some of the cancellations that happen. Cause it's like, there's kind of a million reasons why you shouldn't still be platformed. Right. You know what I mean? And like, and it's like you are, and I'm thank, and I'm glad you are. And there's other people that it's like, wait, why did they get taken down? Like, it's like, so, and I, and I'm hoping that we're kind of getting on the other side of it. I don't want to be like, you know, all about Elon being like the savior of the world. No, I don't believe that, but I, I, I do feel like it's a significant shift of events that's happening and some of the people that are being replatformed some of what's going on that but we've got to get we've got to get out from under this dark cloud of cancellation where it's like you just have no friggin idea if you're just going to be nuked from existence and because it makes it impossible for new creators, new thinkers, people who have new ideas from ever getting the reach you know the most twitter followers i ever had was 4000 people and it's like you know i still just I can't really get an account. If I get a sock account, I get up to a couple hundred and they get me for ban evasion. So it's like, and it's like, there's, there's, some people have estimated a half million people were deplatformed in the wake of, of January 6th, which is a ton, you know? And so it's like, and I think there was millions during 2020 over the COVID stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, what you're pointing at though, Clint is like, yeah, you're a guy with reach and it's like you've got the reach you have, and you're using it in the way you can to make an impact. And it's like they can't have millions and millions and millions of more people, small, large, whatever, networking in this decentralized way. And so um, that is the real danger. Everything else isn't. But the ideas, um, you know, what 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 is it? No, uh, no army can stop uh, the power of an idea whose time has come. I butchered that, but it's like they know that ideas are the real enemy. And when those enemies, when those ideas are embedded with truth and they're embedded with something that delegitimizes their power and the legitimacy of that power, like you can't unring that bell. Like not many people unwake up, you know what I mean? It's like you see it and then it's hard not to see it anymore. There's no plugging back into the matrix. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like uh, they had a, You know, really, like I said, 2020 kind of shattered my illusions, and then we picked up from Movies Plus when we launched it. We put that Plot Against the President movie out there, and I was trying to run ads for it on Facebook, and they were like, you're trying to influence the election, and they were coming after me that way. And, like, so at that moment, I literally, like, deleted myself from the internet completely. As much as I could, um, now I have a Twitter account, but that's you know just for business, and you know I talk about Bitcoin with people, but like, <laughs> um, but like in freedom and whatnot, movies or whatever, Pittsburgh Steelers, I talk about it all, but like all that's like I I got rid of all my accounts because I was like this is real, this is a really big problem, and like so whenever not that I'm like a big like oh yay Elon he's going to save everything, but whenever he first bought or said that he was going to buy it and they agreed. I said to my wife, like, I don't know. Like, I think somebody's going to... The powers that be do not want this to change. Right. I think there's going to be a way they interfere. And then when they did interfere, I was like, oh, crap. You know, whenever it was like, oh, it might blow up and they might, you know, not allow it. I thought this is it. Um, now that he's in there, you know, I think there's a chance. He needs to get over his... It's He's choosing his preference of freedom of speech. Um, you know, like... that Because that's the thing I stay, I say with Movies Plus is like... It's not my preference. It's I, I'm going to support the voices that I don't like. He doesn't like Alex Jones, and right. he can't stand him. And he's said multiple times over the last week, like, um, you know, I can't support him because of what he did with Sandy Hook. And it's like, okay, that's fine, but like, if you either stand for freedom of speech or you don't, right? It's one no, or the he's, other.
1: He's just a slightly more benevolent king, you know. Like, and and now I said slightly, but like, it's significant. <laughs> it's significantly better than yeah. you know parag Agarwal and these fucking lunatics that wanted everyone banned for you know just talking about w- what you should be doing during a pandemic to try and stay alive like th- we're this is a, a meaningful improvement and i i think that what's what's interesting is like libertarians even though we understand that like the government is inept and evil and blah 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 we still have this tendency to believe that the, they're omnipotent and like they're going to they're going to prevail and like it, all, all hope is lost. And I'm like, I, I did this episode last night that was basically just a, a list of all the reasons that I'm very optimistic. And, and uh, I just don't think that they can ultimately prevail. Like, like the perfect example is Elon Musk, right? Even though I also have my own skepticism about his ultimate uh, you know, alignment with our belief system, our enemies make mistakes. And they're making a mistake right now because their their whole push to you know try and ESG ban his advertisers from Twitter is forcing him to decide: Am I going to play ball and ultimately never really own this platform, or am I going to uh, shift to a subscription based model that allows me to tell these advertisers to kick rocks? In which case, I actually become an independent because I'm no longer a publicly traded company and I don't have to rely on advertiser income. Like this is the model that ultimately reconnects the end user, the consumer, us yeah with with the you know provider and and i think that that's that's really how we can we can break free of this and we only need you know one major platform to do that to start to put real pressure on the other ones that are still deeply in bed with the government and and then obviously platforms like Movie Plus and 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 others out there uh, rumble etc like they give us another opportunity to continue to put pressure on these people to say, look, there is fucking market demand here. And if you ignore it, then you're going to create the next Google. Okay. Like, do you want that? Or do you want to, do you want to start to play ball? Do you want to start to hear your opposition's viewpoints a little bit uh, before you, your entire house of cards comes crumbling down? And I think that that's, that's what they're, they're dealing with right now. So anyways, I think that there's a lot of reason for hope and you guys are, are two of the people that are giving me hope. So I, I want to thank you for that. Corey, if you could tell us, um, you know, for those that want to check out the documentary, I would highly recommend people that they do. How can they do that? Uh, go, Yeah, go to
0: mymoviesplus.com or uh, go into the app store, search for Movies Plus. You'll see uh, you know, the big M with a plus, uh, blue M. And you can uh, download the app on anywhere you can get an app. You can watch it on your TV, smart TV, anything like that. Um, and uh, it is right now where the subscription is $5.99 a month or $29.99 for the year. But if you use the promo code Corey, it'll knock the price down to 24 bucks. It's $2 a month. So you really can't beat that. We don't have ads. Um, and really, you know, Jason is the one that came up with this. So I gladly champion it. But it's like a vote for free speech. Because kind of like what you were talking about with the, with the, you know, them trying to suppress things. Like our, our Twitter ads have been blocked. Um, we got permanently removed from Google advertising across the board um and i don't see that coming back Every, initially we were permanently de- uh, banned from t- advertising on twitter but now they're letting us advertise just not q stuff um <laughs> and so it's just like we've we've grown and grown to this point literally on the backs of people who believe in freedom and supporting a company like us and and it's fun to see that it's escalating and it's growing and the funny thing is the more they try to stomp it out the more we find people like jason because i would have never heard about jason's movies i mean i would have heard about them eventually but we wouldn't have been connected if right. it weren't for the fact that freedom fest tried to censor his movie so right. it's like it's funny they, they try to put down the censorship and it just we pop up somewhere else even louder so it's you yeah exactly so for your audience you know to to just go out and support movies plus it means the world to us and and we have a team that's growing so we need it and we also want to make more movies with jason so that's exactly what you're funding what you're funding is you're funding more movies like this because jason not only has q sent me we have two more episodes coming out in december and january but then jason we also have the next movies a plus original with jason is um the steel with Ali alexander and that's going to be you know uh, that's a really fun movie and really interesting and exciting so
1: you're getting all of that like i said for the that'll be my, about samurai swords it has nothing to do with yes anything yeah exactly. yeah the
0: steel that's used in no it's about the, the pittsburgh steelers that's where it'll be oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. But, yeah. but uh you know yeah use a use a the last plug just use promo code cory it's c-o-r-y you get uh six bucks off and it's two bucks a month
1: and... Um, and Two like- bucks a month, folks. Jesus Christ. That is nothing. Please go out there and do it. We need to support creators like this for real. Like, I want to see more content like this and I want to see higher quality content. Like, yeah, look, my show's decently quality, but it's like you have to put some real resources in to produce something yeah. that's like actually enjoyable to watch. So if you're interested in doing that, this is a great way to do it. Uh, Jason, go ahead and tell people how they can support you too.
2: Uh, you can support me by supporting Movies Plus right now. I'm still off of uh, Twitter. Essentially, uh, you know, I have a secret account there. But, uh, you know, you can't really find me on social media. I'm out there trying to just keep the message going. So support Movies Plus and support Clint um, and support other people who are doing great content out there. I'd, I'd say this, you know, I tithe content creators like it's the church. You know what I mean? I just take a portion of my income and I send it to the sub stacks and the Patreons right. and to whatever. And it's like, we got to do that we just got to set a portion of our income out to support the people who are out here doing things like what you're doing, Clint. And I appreciate your voice. You've been a great voice over the last two years, uh, giving people what they needed to hear. And I'm super thankful to finally get on your show, man.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you guys. I I mean, you're, you're really on the front lines. And I, I think that we're, we're all in a position of risking a lot to do what we're doing. And I, it's, it's crazy to say that. And, and I, 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 it's still hard for me to even believe it, to be honest. But like, it's true. Like, we are sacrificing a lot potentially, and uh, and I hope that people are willing to support what they want to see in the world. You know, we we spend so much money, you know, funding these fucking companies that despise us. Like, and yeah. we're, we're also hesitant to to throw even a couple bucks to people that are actually producing what you want to see in the world. So I hope that changes, and I hope people take it to heart. If anybody wants to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. Love you guys. We're out. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your code. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come?